Hello and welcome to another edition of Thoughts from Player One, the podcast where we take an in-depth look at a story or narrative-focused game and give our thoughts about it. As always, I'm Alex. I'm Duncan. And joining us this week, friend of the show and multiple-time guest at this point, Josh. How's it going? Hey, hey, it's going well. Thanks for having me again. Hey, thanks for stopping by to talk about the long-awaited second part of our Final Fantasy VII Remake playthrough podcast. First part was a little while ago. We ran into a bit of a snag where at least one of us, I'm not naming names, did not I play just, like, the game for this a very long happen. time. I just knew this was going to happen. <laughs> I, 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 I reads back in my chair and I said, here comes the burn, baby. But I've got the aloe ready. I've got the aloe ready, so you just go on. You just go along. Good. I'm glad that you've got the aloe ready because I've been feeling the burn of you leaving me fucking stranded out in the middle of the desert for a long time and, you know, being the only one to talk about this game. But it's fine because we're here now to talk about chapters 8 through chapter 12 and then also about 15 to 20 minutes of chapter 13 because I kind of thought it was important to have uh, in the in the tank to talk about. But before we get started on all that... Josh, you were not here for our last episode, and we started it with uh, Duncan and I talking a little bit about our history with the Final Fantasy series and JRPGs in general, um, and then kind of, you know, diving into some general thoughts. You know, we spent a while in the first uh, episode talking about the mechanics of the game and how that all worked for us, but why don't you tell us a little bit about your history? Have you, you know, have you played Final Fantasy games in the past? Have you ever played Final Fantasy VII, or do you, like, know anything about it? Where are you, where are you coming at with all this? So basically, my history with JRPGs is that I pretty much have none. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, Good. Good. I, growing up, I never felt a huge affinity to, like, get into these games. Maybe it's because, I don't know, I was just kind of, a, you know... I was playing whatever my brothers were getting and maybe they weren't into it kind of thing, but uh, I never felt strongly like that I should get into these types of games. I think so, were, you a, were you a Nintendo kid growing up or a PlayStation kid or what What were you? You know, I guess, I guess I was more of a Nintendo kid for sure because, yeah, I remember playing like Toy Story and stuff like that on, on the N64 Mario. Okay. I guess I never really, you know, I guess I never really did PS1 stuff that much. I do remember playing like a demo of a JRPG, but I can't really, you know, I can't even name that game. Also, a demo of any JRPG has got to be garbage because I feel like no JRPG prior to maybe like 2018 did anything interesting combat-wise, except for Xenogears, which we're currently playing on our Twitch channel. Um, so I, I feel like if you just got a weird vertical 20-minute slice of a JRPG, it would just absolutely suck no matter what. Yeah, I mean that's probably true, but my dumb child brain was like, "This is awesome," and I, I <laughs> you know, and I do hold that game like it's some kind of reverence. I can't, you know, it's like you're playing like a scarecrow dude. Like, if anybody knows a JRPG this, where he plays a scarecrow dude, like, huh. I don't know. Was this just a small part of the like Super Mario RPG where you no, kind of a scarecrow no, no. person? <laughs> no, you were. I, I wish I could remember, but it's literally. Like, because I didn't play Final Fantasy VII, you know, I've seen, like, some gameplay. Mm -hmm. Like, that view where you're, like, top-down walking around, like, the game look, it looked exactly like that. Hmm. Now it was not that. There's a... You think we'll find it in this Destructoid article, Top 8 Video Game Scarecrows? No. No, I don't <laughs> think so. <laughs> you don't think so? <laughs> all right. All right. We can leave that be, then. No, I also, mean, it was, like, on one of those demo discs that I think came in, like like a magazine or something huh okay i mean that's fair also it might not have been a scarecrow i have revisited games from my childhood and been like yeah you played like this thing and it turned out absolutely not i just was not good at recognizing bad polygonal shapes so who knows if it's even a scarecrow we're looking for, for exactly real. it might just be a dude in a straw hat i don't know yeah. <laughs> 
You might have played a armor. One Piece JRPG, dude. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> it started so young, and I didn't even realize. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. Okay, yeah. so no no real history with, with JRPGs or the Final Fantasy genre in general. You never played, like, 14 or anything like that, the, the MMOs? No, I mean, I maybe it was, like, two years ago. I did try and get into Final Fantasy X, but I do remember you saying that the voice acting was pretty atrocious in that, yes. and I was like, you know what, I'll so give it a shot anyway. Maybe it'll be good. I mean, it's 10. That's a good solid number. <laughs> 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 and... Uh, yeah, I played about maybe an hour of that. You may have nothing yeah. for this, but like, what was your perception of Final Fantasy games outside looking in? Because this is my first Final Fantasy VII, Final Fantasy game that's not like a JRPG. And when I was in the outside looking in, I'm like, God, I wish I was into these things. I mean, I always knew that there were these like crazy stories that you know had branching paths and were really interesting and intricate i mean how can they not be with how much you hear about them even when you're not even interested in them i mean final fantasy games broke the mainstream uh, of everything because i didn't blame i wasn't interested in them but i knew about them i knew they were things how's this one though how do you like this one i mean this one obviously i like this one a lot i mean this one has held my attention a lot and i don't know if it's part of the thing where it's like i'm just part of the zeitgeist right now you know, mm-hmm. I mean, of course, I'm a little late, but like, yeah, it's fine. You know, the other games, maybe if I was, you know, actually playing them when they came out, I'd be like super into them and like liked them a lot. But something about this game, I think it's awesome. I think it's great. I mean, obviously, it has its downfalls, you know, with the story and everything. There are certain <laughs> things in the story that I don't <laughs> like. <laughs> but, I just got to throw that out there. I can't praise it 100%, but I do like it a lot. Cool. No, I, it's, it's fine. The game has, you know, it has its issues here and there, uh, and we're, you know we're going to talk about that. I think all of us can probably agree. Um, well, I mean, I guess I'm the only one that can fully agree, but I think the five or so chapters that we played for for this recording session are probably the weakest set of chapters in the game, um, just consecutive. I think it has really strong moments, but like you know, there's a lot of a lot of stuff in here that is not to be loved necessarily. Yeah. Um, so I think that's fair, but I. I Sorry, I was just going to ask, before we move into it, before we really get deep into it, I kind of want to ask more about your feelings of this, and then around, if it makes you want to go back to any Final Fantasy games. Like, does it mm. make you want to play any of the other ones, or just kind of, <clears throat> like, just sticking with the 7 remake? If anything, it would have to be a newer one. I mean, I know everybody hates hates on Final Fantasy fifteen, but... I mean, but a I road know. trip sounds good, though, right? It does That's sound the good. Thing. It does sound okay. Bullets. I mean, compared to this game, like, which might as well be a road trip on wheels sometimes, like, or on feet sometimes. Sorry. <laughs> I say road trips usually. <laughs> <bad>. <laughs> road trip on feet sometimes. I mean, you're running around so much. Yeah, but uh, hmm. I mean, that's fair. That's I don't fair. I'd be interested I think... in that. I mean. You have done nothing but say that Final Fantasy VII, the original, has not aged well. <laughs> so yeah, I don't know so if I go back to that. I will say, um, since the last time we played, right, Duncan has caught up here. Josh is now joining us and is at this spot. I have beaten the original, or I've beaten the Final Fantasy VII remake and have since gone back to play the original. Um, and, you know, I, I'm not all the way through it by any means. I actually think most of the really interesting story beats are still uh, ahead of me in my, my playthrough of it. I'm probably, you know, between 10 to 12 hours in, something like that. Um but, yeah, th- there are definitely parts of it that I romanticized a little more. Uh, some character development that is, I, I would say, extremely rushed. Um, and I think it's going to be really interesting to talk about that in reference to this particular section in terms of what they decided to blow out and what they decided to change entirely. But, yeah, I, I, you know, 
rose-colored glasses. I still think that game is fun. I still think the soundtrack is incredible. I'm still excited to see because, like I said, most of the crazy story bits are are still to come, and most of the major story beats have still been good, but um, it really made me appreciate how much the remake has done in terms of fleshing out these characters early on. Yeah. I think I'm going to play 9 after this. I think I really want to I want to dig deep into one of the the b- b- pre 10 pre X ones and I think yeah. 9 or 8 or no 8. 8 was one of the ones that sounded interesting to me. Does um, it continue eight? 7 or No, there's different? there's no continuous story. Okay, I didn't um, know if there was or not. But yeah, 8 8 is fucking wild. <laughs> I going back and rereading some of that story it's just like holy shit, they just do a lot of weird stuff with this and it's great and I would love to get your take on it. Um, nine is not as good, but six is also very good. I'm not, I could talk about this for too long, so yeah. I'm not going to. We should just go right um, into seven now. I think. Yeah. So I think that. we can we can talk about this. We'll kind of because of how contained these chapters are, we're going to kind of step through um, and talk about each of the chapters, kind of give our thoughts about some major major things about each of them, and then maybe at the end to talk a little bit more holistically about them. Um, but it has been a hot minute since I played through these, so does somebody else want to take the lead on kind of describing generally um, chapter eight, which I think is maybe the maybe the meatiest of these chapters? Maybe uh, it's maybe the yeah. longest. I won't say meatiest. That's a lie. I I remember it mostly, and I wouldn't. Okay, so I'll, I'll try and work through it. And yeah, I can. And be I watched the cutscenes recently, so I'll sure. tell you when you're wrong. And, there. and I played it the most recently, so I mean, yeah, I can help you out here too. Okay, cool. So um, after falling from the high location on the plates, <laughs> <laughs> damn dude, six in. words in, and you're fucking. <laughs> the after you fall from the plate. <laughs> Um, you miraculously land in a bed of flowers, uh, mm-hmm. unharmed, very, mm-hmm. very good super soldier. Um, and Cloud um, gets sort of woken up by Aerith, and Aerith is the flower girl that he saw earlier. If you know, you don't know who she is, which you should, but you know, just in case, and just in case, yeah. Um, I feel like. I feel like she's such an iconic figure where it's like I feel like I knew nothing about Final Fantasy 7 but I knew who Aerith was almost like just as much if not more than Cloud is that's weird oh yeah I mean she is yeah you can't talk about this game without people talking about events surrounding her and her arc and everything like that and I think she she is like you said just as iconic and I think this particular scene where um Cloud lands in the like the church flower bed is also incredibly iconic. Josh, yeah. I don't know if you had, like, seen images of this before, but I think, Duncan, you even said when, like, this scene initially popped up, you were like, oh, hey, it's that scene, like, yeah. that famous scene that everybody knows. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I actually have not seen images of this. The only image of Aerith I've seen, of course, is uh, the ending big spoiler thing. So yeah, no, no I'm not going to say anything about that, but I'm just going to say, I've seen the big spoiler thing at the ending, and that's the only thing I know about Aerith. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> All right, um... Yeah, so then a red-haired god appears named Reno. <laughs> Reno is, um, he's second to Roche. Uh, he's pretty great. Um, and I mean, mm, mm, Reno's very good. Reno is awesome. He says some of the best stuff in this game. <laughs> Roach is better, though. I gotta, I think Roach is better. Because, like, Reno's fucking evil and mean and shit. 
Well, he's not evil. He's just he works. He's the CIA basically, and yeah, basically. he's evil. Yeah, he's <laughs> evil. <laughs> I mean, you can see he has some doubts sometimes, but yeah, well, he's that's evil. fair. But Dunk- Roche all I'm is saying, Duncan, is not good. all Turks. Okay, not all Turks, right? Uh, so then you fight uh, Reno, who is there for Aerith, I believe. Um, yeah, and you mm-hmm. just kind of like become Aerith's bodyguard, and Cloud does the thing Cloud does, where he says, uh, "For the right price." I want money for this kind of thing. Um, mm-hmm. And then you beat his ass. He goes home. I died in that fight once. Cries to his mommy. You died you said in that you fight. You lost to that fight? I died in that fight once. That feels bad. How do I kick someone from a Discord call? <laughs> <laughs> okay, we're going to. Okay, kidding. like, I've we can just. So many times. I'm the worst at this fucking game. Okay, at the end of, like, each little, like, uh, you know, description of a fight, we should just say how many times we died real quick. <laughs> I'm going to hop on a quick zero on this one. Uh, yeah, Alex man. is so, he's so good at this. I've died well, a lot of times. I say I'm a real gamer. Okay, I did yeah. die once. Okay. No, that's fine. The, 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 I, these one-on-one fights, um, this is not the first time it's happened, right? You do a one-on-one fight, Cloud v. Roche, and there are some further on in the game as well. Um, and I, the way they are designed and the like cinematic element to them and the way that it kind of forces you to play around like changing stances with, um, with Cloud and like actually engaging with that part of his kit is so, so fucking good. Like, I really like these duels and how much they draw out the technical aspect of the combat. Oh yeah. I think it's awesome. Like once you figure out what to do in these fights, um, the only thing that I worry about is like, I don't know if it's curving the difficulty because I know for sure this game curves the difficulty sometimes like, and it's like, did I just destroy that dude or did the game curve the difficulty? I wish, the game I wish it was more clear difficulty for you because <laughs> there was a while, uh, I had an issue with the later plate fight. Um, and I noticed like, they changed one of the abilities from being a triple, like a triple ability to just being a single ability. I'm like, Mm. you fucking, Hmm. you're just, you're doing this to make me feel better about myself. (laughs) I hate it. You're Mario-ing me. Do you remember when they did that? It was like one of the 3DS games where like, if you died a bunch, they started like throwing power ups at you, and it just made people feel really bad about themselves. Oh yeah. god, that's so bad. <laughs> yeah. So this game definitely does do that, though. But yeah, I feel you on that. I think the duels are cool. Mm-hmm. I think that it doesn't work when they start stacking stuff on. Uh, but we can talk about that later. But I yeah. think this yeah. duel in yeah. specific is pretty great. Um, so you explore Sector Five slums with uh, Aerith. And, well, you get to the Sector 5 slums and you kind of, like, traverse this, like, old, rusty, uh, blown-out place. And you make it to Sector 5 where she lives. And you do a ton of side quests from, like, helping out (laughs) orphans to um, discovering a kid, like, battle guard. And you have to kill a frog for them and hit a lot of boxes. There's a lot of stuff in here. Uh, but I'm mm-hmm. not really gonna go. It, well, does anyone want to talk about any of the quests that I, are there? I do, but let's 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 circle back on it. Let's okay. finish out the the summary because I have a few things I want to say about all this area. Okay, cool. So then it's it's just kind of Aerith and Cloud growing as just like you know their chemistry starts to build on top of each other, and you get to know Aerith as the player and watch Cloud sort of handle different situations about him saying he doesn't want to do things and then doing them. So then you head back towards Aerith's house, but Aerith's house, but then you uh, meet with another Turk named Rude, and it's sort of the same, like, um, sort of, uh, like, 
nondescript reasons why Aerith needs to come with them, and mm. you fight him, and it's another sort of duel, just like the, uh, just like the Rena one. Uh, two, two. <laughs> we're doing if we're doing the times we've died on things. Oh, <laughs> oh, okay. oh, oh, gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> that one is hard. Rune was awesome. Me. I'll say that, but I, I definitely did not die on that one. Okay. Yeah, I'm gonna drop a hard zero on that one too. But yeah, um, I get it. I get it. You're cool. You're cool, dude. You're okay, cool. I didn't mean this just to be a dunk on dunk on the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> you should have known that was what was going to happen, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah maybe I If we're talking I about know. skill, that's it's going to be a D on D, um, <laughs> which is a famous section in our podcast, D on D. Uh, uh, no, Root is very cool. We'll we'll talk about it though. I want to talk about a lot of things here. So, okay, then you go to Aerith's house, and his mother's okay with you at first, and then tells you that you need to leave immediately, basically, in the middle of the night, and then yeah. you uh, you're like, oh, okay. And then uh, you sneak out in the middle of the night with a mini game that I fucking I can't stand, where you have to mm-hmm, just walk mm-hmm, around mm-hmm, certain mm-hmm, objects. Mm-hmm. And if you get caught, Aerith comes out and says, "No, no, no, Cloud, go back to bed." Talk and about if- <laughs> curving the difficulty. That- yeah, they they do curve yep. the things yep. just disappear. Yep. Yeah, yeah. I'd assume that Cloud just sort of shuffles them around as he moves back to the room. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but that that was ridiculous. Anyways, and then uh, you leave, and that's that chapter yeah. eight. That's quite long i think the other ones will be a little bit shorter yeah so there's a lot to talk about in chapter eight Mm -hmm. but i think i want to start before we talk about all of the good stuff um all the like specifics was just kind of getting your guys read on Aerith as a character at first and and kind of you know a little holistically kind of talking even about some of the the later scenes and stuff that we haven't discussed yet just as a character how did you feel about Aerith now that we're introduced to her uh you know i'll say that i I don't know. Maybe I'm just a sucker for Aerith because I think, you know, obviously like the game looks beautiful and I think she, you know, she looks really good as a character. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, sure. was fucking on point, dude. Yeah, She's exactly. the coolest looking character in the game in terms of style. Yeah, by far. It. Like sometimes obviously she's like, okay, like this is a little ditzy or whatever you want to call it. Like she's playing dumb or something, but I like her a lot as a character. I think she, I don't know. She fits well. She's a good, uh, um, like good mirror, or how do I want to word that? A good opposite to Cloud? A foil? A foil. Yeah, I mean, she's like very energetic and happy and nice, and Cloud, you know, he's very cold and doesn't really say a whole lot. Yeah, Cloud's, Cloud's not great at <laughs> playing yeah. the game. Um, Duncan, what about you? I'm not so hot on Aerith, guys. I know you guys I hate know. her. You guys are haters. No, I think Alex Whoa, whoa, her. whoa. Don't put me in that camp. I like Aerith. <laughs> Yeah, I think I'm the only one that doesn't really like Aerith. I don't know what it is. I think, for me, what it is, is it is the voice acting. I can't... She just... I know that they're, like... I know that the idea probably is that, you know, she acts a little bit, you know, more... um, Like... I'm trying to think of the phrase... It's not, she doesn't play dumb. That's not like really what I'm trying to say. I don't know. Mm. It, it, she just has a certain personality that I think is like, oh. Like bubbly. Yeah. Like silly. Like she's almost. very happy go lucky yeah. in, in the way that she acts. Yeah, except it doesn't feel real in the voice acting to me. Like it just feels very like, like she's just kind of doing it for fun. And uh, it's, it's hard for me to, it doesn't, for some reason, her voice acting doesn't match how I read the dialogue and I just don't, Hmm. I don't really get her. I feel like I don't really understand. 
I don't know. It's really hard for me to put a pin. I thought I'd get it at this point, but she just bothers me. And sometimes when she talks, I'm like, oh, you sometimes you just sound like there's nothing there. Like, Maybe there, like there's nothing there, like your brain dead for some reason. Just like it doesn't oh, in, in, in certain <laughs> insular moments. It's like she doesn't notice what's going on. And it's like, just look around. I was trying to look through yeah. cutscenes to find certain situations, but there are just moments in her voice acting where I'm like, if you literally opened your eyes for two seconds or reacted to something, it, it's like she has a weird delay to everything. And I don't know. It, it's just a bias that I've had since the get go of it. And I like if I turned the voice acting off for her, I think I would like her a bit more because I would or it's like maybe the Japanese voice acting or something. Maybe I'd like it a bit more, but it's just something about the voice that just really just it gets to me it doesn't seem hmm. legitimate that's i mean you know that's fair if that's how you feel i'm you know i i did not get that feeling i think the the voice acting was definitely it's like it does feed into her character a little bit who i think is intentionally written to be like again more happy-go-lucky and maybe not letting on to how worldly she maybe actually is and how much she actually understands that things are going on in terms of just sort of like playing along and being overly nice and kind of intentionally blinding to the bad parts of the world. Uh, like I, I think they like her character intentionally leans into that. Um, I, but I get but what I'd, they're I'd, going for. I'd, I don't know. Maybe I just find that character archetype irritating. <laughs> I think she says something sometimes that like definitely come off as just like, why did you say that? I, I do remember a few cutscenes where it's like she'll just finish the cutscene by just saying something like happy and you're just like, okay. Mm-hmm. And then you just like go back to running around and doing stuff. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes she says things that I think, you know, later on it, or second playthrough or after you know her character, you'll be like, oh, that's why she said that. But I, I think maybe that isn't as satisfactory for me going through it or you know i don't know maybe yeah, you can... and I, I think that can be fair i do think it is to some degree a fault of this game that it feels more like it's written for people who are playing this after having played final fantasy 7 than it is written for people who have never played the game yeah um, which i'm really curious to see how that hits you guys um and this whole set of chapters and then the, the obviously the last set of chapters that we'll talk about because I think that, you know, is maybe where it leans into it the most, maybe. Um, we'll talk about this a little bit larger maybe after we get through the rest of the, the summary, but did were there any of these side quests at all that worked for you guys in the Sector 5 slums? Hmm. And that about sums it up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, liked, I liked the one... About the angel of something. Yeah, yep. I, just, I just thought of that one too. Yeah, angel of the slums was kind of cool. Where you know, you're like, I know it's this, this, you know, this woman that no one is expecting because she's like short and old and stuff like that, and is playing everyone for a fool. I kind of like mm-hmm. that stuff. I think those are fun. Um, I don't remember what context, but like, I remember I ruined an old man's life. Does anyone remember huh. that? Oh yeah, yeah. So. You go and you clear out his gravesite and you, you know, yeah. p- pray by his wife's grave. And then, like, you just, like, Cloud is just like, yeah, you're an old man. Don't ever go there again or something like that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You're, it's like, <laughs> it's dangerous there. Never go there again. And you, like, tell his son 
that. And then he's like, Grandpappy, you're never going there again. And he's like, no! Yeah, Cloud yeah. is just like a total jerk right there. I mean, to be fair, though, it is pretty dangerous. And Cloud did... I think I died on that side quest once because the fucking robot, robot thing almost killed me. Yeah, that robot's bullshit. That was pretty tough. It took me a while to kill. Yeah. yeah. You just gotta have the so, right magic. But yeah, I think yeah. it's fair to That's be like, odd. this 85-year-old man shouldn't go there alone anymore. <laughs> That's just reasonable. Yeah, that's fair. Um, yeah, all the rest of the side quests... I mean, the kid stuff was kind of fun, like, finding their hidden base, but not enough for me to say. I just yeah, speedrun. I, sp- like, sped run all of that. What is speed... What is speedrun in the past tense? Oh, whatever. <laughs> I treated that whole section like a speedrun. <laughs> Because I know you said that it was just a bunch of side quests, and I was like, "Ah, I'm just going to get all these done. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you you won't really see me defending the weird side quests in this game that much because I think there's like a handful of them total that are good. But Um, you know what I will say? Section of them is yet to come still, but. I will say that I enjoy doing these side quests more than traversing extremely long hallways with laborious puzzles. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's fair. Um, I think the last thing that I want to say about Chapter 8, and then we can maybe move on and, and talk about some of the other stuff, is I think the moment when you first, like, go past the orphanage and, like, turn the corner to get that wide-angle shot of Eris' house is fucking amazing. Like, I think the visual design in her house and that whole area contrasted with everything you have seen so far in the slums is an incredible image. And I, I was, like, taken back when that hit. I gotta say that oh, yeah. flower garden is beautiful. The whole I actually like that flower scene though. That one worked for me with Aerith, and it I feel like it did actually like tell me about her connection with nature and stuff like that. And that was one mm-hmm. of the ones where I'm like, okay, this makes sense. Yeah, there's there's some good parts about her. Um, and also we had mentioned about the rude fight was just it's fucking cool as hell. When you break his sunglasses and he pulls out a pair of identical sunglasses <laughs> and puts them right mm-hmm. back on, I I was fucking I was <laughs> I was losing my mind. It was oh, so good. I was screaming at that part. <laughs> Dude, you, you, you shrieked, and then the people in your house had to rush in and fucking... No, they were all watching <laughs> yeah, it with okay. me. We were all like, oh! <laughs> they were all freaking out when he did. Yeah, it's so good. Uh, yeah, so let's, let's move on. Well, does anyone else have anything they want to say specifically about Chapter 8? No. Yeah, no. Okay, cool. Let's move on to, to Chapter 9, which... Starts off very, very, very well um, with you having snuck out of Aerith's house and her, like, kind of catching you right before you leave on your way back to Sector 7 and her, you know, Aerith saying that she'll take you because she knows a a shortcut. Um, So you get, like, a a wide-angle shot, again, of Wall Market where she briefly explains what that is and talks about how it's, you know, basically Las Vegas. Um, And then takes you through the like these tunnels that she knows that are all abandoned and everything like that and it'll be a a quick shortcut um which is where you get the first of the like i think two or three different types of puzzles in this game or in this like section we played where there's just a bunch of abandoned robot arms that you have to like control as if you were a crane operator and move them around to get Aerith to stand on their hands so you can then pick her up and put her somewhere else. Uh, None of the puzzles are difficult even a little bit, but they all take a long time. The robot arms. Oh, it's so fucking bad, dude. It's bad to the point where I was like, yeah, you know, I see that materia right there, but that's going to take me literally like a minute to get, so I'm not going to get it. I don't care. I don't... I don't understand why that is the thing they decided to blow out into its own full section because you don't like 
again, I have been replaying the original, and it is one screen that you walk through that has a robot arm, maybe two. But you don't have to do anything with it. You just walk across a cool abandoned robot arm, and you're like, oh, weird, there's a robot arm here for some reason. And it <laughs> takes, like, 14 seconds, and then you're at Walmart, and it's like, oh, cool. Are you and serious? I yeah. I That's have why no they clue. did this. <laughs> I have well, yeah. no clue why they did that shit. I mean, it's to extend... You know, it's to extend the game. Because that happens a lot in this game, right? Where it's like, you know, this original section was X hours, but this game is, like, 30. So, you know, it's yeah. just replacing scenes. And, you know, I think people... I think they they made the cool robot arm rig, and they're like, well, we could do more stuff with this. Um, but, yeah, I don't know mm. how that how that passed playtest and being like, this is fun. This is fine. Yeah, it's it's just bad. There's also the like the bandits are introduced there that are like a recurring enemy, and they I did not like them even a little bit. Um, but I think I don't know. I think their antics got old eventually, but the song that plays is pretty good. Oh yeah, yeah. You will never hear me say a bad thing about the music in this game. Full stop. I think it's all incredible. Um, I thought they but were yeah, kind of fine. I like how they're the fucking mm-hmm. worst, though. Like they're not even that <laughs> strong in a fight. Like you, you kill them in a, like approximately eight seconds, and like I don't know, dude. It's good. Yeah, there I, is I literally one dude who is an enormous dude who just like pinwheels his arms as he walks <laughs> forward towards you, and you can just lightly step out of the way and beat the shit out of him <laughs> from behind, and it's so good. And that's and they only hire him after three fights. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that that's good again this is like that is kind of um I, I don't know emblematic of this whole section in that like there's just a lot of filler that doesn't have a lot of substance here right because i mean there's conversations right this entire section we're going through here is kind of building out the relationship between cloud and Aerith, but it's not doing it like you don't get enough of that to justify the fact that it is zero fun to do any of these puzzles and the environments aren't that interesting um really the like the only building you get is like you know cloud eventually working up to being comfortable enough to try to high five Aerith, and that's it and like then you know and it's fun it's fun that they can't high five each other because they're not on the same wavelength but it's not it's not worth any of this shit mm, I, um, I, I don't want to say they can't high five each other cloud's just a little bitch <laughs> <laughs> i mean yeah, okay, that's fair, that's fair. They never trained him out of high-five in, at uh, soldier. Shinra, you know? Yeah. The Soldier Academy high-fiving was not one of them. Yeah, I wish, I wish he taught he... him how to kill, and that's it. I mean, he went there as a kid, though. He was, like, you clearly see him in a cutscene. He's, like, 12 or something, uh, maybe a little younger. He, I learned how to high-five by that age. I feel like it's not that hard. Jeez. I wish he would have, like, I wish he would have high-fived Aerith, and then he would have had one of those grainy, like, headaches, and then he would have been, like, <laughs> he would have seen, looked forward from the high-five and saw Sephiroth, and one-winged angel would have played, and then that's when you fight Sephiroth. <laughs> That would be the, that would be a real shit. That's a video game, right? There. That's video game. Uh, <laughs> but no, so let's let's keep going. You because you get through this whole bad robot arm section that's no good, and then you make it to a playground, which is also a relatively iconic scene, like right outside the entrance to the Sector Seven slums, um, wherein you and Aerith or Cloud and Aerith have, a, I think, a really good scene that kind of furthers their relationship with them, kind of talking about their past and um, Aerith making an allusion to um, her first love being also a soldier first class, but when she tries to tell Cloud what the person's name is, it, like, zooms in on her mouth and all the sound cuts out and then Cloud has one of those grainy headaches, um, which is 
fun. I'm sure you guys got a lot out of that one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's him, right? Oh, wait. Maybe it's Sephiroth. No, it's somebody. It's. I think it's Sephiroth. <laughs> <laughs> like, you landed on it's somebody. <laughs> I mean. It's Cloud or Sephiroth. Enough said. I think, it, I think it's probably Sephiroth. But, you know, again. That's probably spoils territory, but I'm gonna. Oh yeah, there's absolutely no way I'm gonna tell you. Um, But after this, um, as they are, you know, about to say goodbye, the the gates to Sector Seven open, and a you know chocobo carriage comes out, and in the back of it, you see Tifa, who is wearing one of three different dresses based on which you told her to wear in the uh, first like long cutscene you get with her character, which I think is fun, especially because Josh, I'm pretty sure you said that you chose the exotic one, and that dress fucking sucks. And okay, now think about think about the three choices. Is exotic, sporty, and uh, playful. Mature, mature, mature. Yeah, I also picked. Exotic sounds the most interesting. I picked. I definitely picked exotic as well. So you know, also I the just, most let down. It's not a good dress. No. It's a very bad dress. I think it looks no good. I'm looking at the um, other ones. What's the short blue one then? Uh, short blue is mature. I think. Oh, that doesn't look mature to me. <laughs> I think the it's a different world, Duncan. Yeah, oh, uh, you're right. Dude. So after after this, you know, you you kind of run and catch up with Tifa, and she explains to you that like she's got it under control, and you don't need to worry about it. Um, and then she rides off, and Aerith is immediately like, "No, you fucking idiot! You don't know anything about the world. We're not just gonna let her go into you know Don Corneo's hands, who's the like owner of Walmart. We're gonna go chase after her." Um, which is cool. Also, interesting difference compared to the original game, um, which I you know found out playing through it again. You don't actually talk to Tifa in the original game. Like you, you genuinely just think she's being kidnapped. You don't get any information about the fact that she's planning on doing all of this. Um, and I think that was a. I'm not sure why they made that change for this one. I think they wanted to make Cloud look. St- more stupid <laughs> i don't know <laughs> i don't know uh, i i would give the benefit of the doubt and say maybe they wanted tifa to feel like she had more agency or something like that um yeah but it, it definitely changed the entire tenor of the next couple of scenes you know when you know something different maybe it's so you could like not feel bad for goofing around for as long as you do yeah that's fair that's fair because you do a lot of goofing around in this next <laughs> section at Wall Market, which is uh, an enormous section of the the game where you there's a lot to recount here. Basically, with Cloud and Aerith running around trying to get into Don Corneo's mansion, where he'll you know will essentially have three people that he will choose to be one of his brides, um, which involves you Cloud getting an incredibly sexual hand massage, uh, and then fighting in an arena fight and winning that arena fight and then eventually after running a bunch of errands um dancing at a nightclub turning into a beautiful lady and just an amazing sneaking into don corneo's mansion um where you then confront him but there's all of wall market is a lot and how did you guys feel about wall market in general up to the point where you're like you know continuing the story with don corneo well, let's. I think it's it's easily broken out into two bigger things: is the fighting arena and all of the good good dancing stuff and all the outfit mm-hmm. stuff. And um, I love, I absolutely love Johnny subplot. 
Oh, we God. all stand really? Johnny's up. Really? He's the worst. Awesome. He sucks so much. Johnny sucks so bad. Yeah, I know, but he's whole. It's hilarious that he's like six to eight steps behind you at all times. It's amazing. Oh, he's like, God. wait, I figured it out. I know where Tifa is, and you've known where she is for like two hours. I love that shit. How do you not like I, that? I can only handle Johnny for like two minute doses and there's that time when you're running around with him doing a bunch of different things in a row okay. and like yeah it's it's a lot. i mean admittedly when you go to like the vending machine to try to get the sauce that whole scene was very good yeah but the rest it's too much bro dude type stuff and i just can't handle He's it so irritated mm-hmm. by it i love it well i guess oh. it's just me then um it's it's just you it's for sure just you <laughs> whatever uh then so the arena stuff um and the beautiful dancing i don't know i think that for me the arena stuff was a ton of fun i liked them building a weird couples relationship and having that like no we're not but uh er, and then they just kind of just let it fucking let the crowd cheer on and shit like that and yeah. um all those fights are pretty great um i yeah, i think the arena yeah. stuff was incredible like that was among my favorite moments in the first half of the game like i think the the pageantry with which they they do everything the announcers which i want to say are like scotch or Koch and scotch or something like that Some i forget their exact names um but like they they add such an energy to that whole scene and they do such a good job with that like you said the the dynamic that they build up of like hey they're being shoved into this role but also there's kind of like a little bit of you know tension between them two like anyway so it's it, it builds off of itself so well and i think the game is really at a high point when it is not taking itself too seriously and this entire wall market section does not take itself too seriously and i i, I fucking loved it i think the arena was you know uh, a key moment of that especially because like the the final boss of the arena is hell house which is a literal house that flies around and shoots chairs at you and shit like that and that was one of my favorite fights in the entire game hey that house will mess you up that house messed me up bad What's what's your death count on Hellhouse? Death Gold? count, Josh, maybe three, three. I'd say two on mine. I I I learned no, actually just one because I remember I learned that you just need to equip all types of magics to you know. Yeah, actually, I think it was just two for me too. Mm. And I was like, all right, mm. Barrett, you're not here. I'm taking off. <laughs> I mean, it was thunder. One. I mean, I didn't Interesting. die. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> I I mean, I started thinking like you know they're not in my party. I'm just gonna take their stuff. Yeah. Yeah, that's all you got to do. Just whenever somebody's not in your party, steal other good materia. Um, no, but that that was such an amazingly fun fight. And I think, yeah. again, that that type of energy just works so well for this game. Yeah. Did you? Oh, yeah. I mean, I loved all the silly stuff. Everything from the, the stupid squat competition. <laughs> oh, my God. The squat competition was so good. <laughs> that I went yeah. so hard on. <laughs> you get the championship belt? Oh, yeah. We oh, all get champions. The belt. Yeah. <laughs> not that I'm going to wear it. The but, championship you know. belt is actually a like stupid fucking good accessory. I think like I used that for the rest of the game after I got it. Oh, maybe I should wear it. I don't know. It's on cloud. I don't know stats, man. Yeah, it's it real just good. Gives you a it's lot real of good. HP. And also, they play just hyper intense music in the background of that squad competition. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, for the anyone, dancing, everything silly is great. For anyone who hasn't played it, you literally go into a workout lounge and you have, just play like a really quick mini game. But it's just these buff men squatting in 
the first one just makes fun of you for how fucking skinny you are. But the actual, like, moral of the section is that, like, you got to take your time and, you know, work on yourself and not shame others. And we're a family. <laughs> we're a family of workout boys. And I love that. It's cool. Uh, it's the perfect energy. I love mm-hmm. it so much. Um, yeah, all the dancing stuff with... Um, Oh god, it's been a while since I've played the game. I don't um, remember who the the guy that you dance with is. Uh, Sam, Sam Andrea. Chocobo Sam. Andrea. Andrea that's yes. it. Andrea. Um yeah, that whole that whole dance scene was very unexpected and just just so good. Mm-hmm. It was just mm-hmm. so, so good. good. <laughs> mm-hmm. Kiss from a chef, dude. It was all worth it. Oh man. I you know, I, I think at least, Duncan, you probably knew the whole, like, oh, Cloud's going to dress up as a woman yes. thing because that's how it goes in the original game. But they, mm-hmm. you know, th- that is not how Cloud ends up dressing <laughs> as a woman in the original game. And it was such a welcome addition. And it had such a, a good, like, kind of lighthearted energy that didn't feel like it was... The original game felt a little weird. Like, it didn't, you know, it wasn't horribly offensive or anything like that. But it kind of... Like, the fact that Cloud was dressing as a woman was kind of the joke in of itself. It's like, haha, isn't it weird? He's dressed like a woman. Isn't that weird? Um, and I feel like that energy was largely completely missing from this game, right? It was largely like, hey, this is fun, and we're all having a good time with it. You know, even when, you know, Aerith and Cloud are talking afterwards, she talks about how he looks so pretty. And, you know, when, you know, I think... Tifa is like surprised to see Cloud. <laughs> He's just like, "Oh yeah, I nailed it. Whatever, let's move on." Yeah. It's so good. <laughs> yeah. I love that one. I did love that. Yeah, <laughs> they they nailed the tone here. So like, I was actually genuinely a little bit afraid of the Wall Market section because I thought it might lean into like being vaguely transphobic. Um, but I think they they completely righted the ship in that respect, and I was extremely happy with it. Yeah, I just wish there was like eighty five percent less Johnny stuff because none of that. Was oh funny. come yeah, on! Yeah, how about just like a hundred percent less Johnny? It's, I think it I think Johnny could just takes be gone. Ten minutes no. out of the game. There's no time. <laughs> it's just a funny thing. God damn! You're all you're all fucking so excited to walk around in arms and shit like that. I feel like I feel like you were less hard on the arms than you were on Johnny. <laughs> Look, look, all right? He's just the a mean arms character. arms had no redeeming quality, so there's nothing to talk there's about. There's an order now. here. It goes Don Cornejo, Johnny, okay? And then everybody else. In, in order <laughs> of worst. To be- <laughs> what? What? <laughs> no. All right. Um, so let's, let's, let's talk about the Cornejo stuff. Yeah. Uh, do you want me to you want me to say anything? Mm-hmm. Yeah, go for it. Go for it. Or, or so, Josh, you can talk about it. You seem to have strong opinions on Don Cornejo. I mean, I don't like him. I mean, I could say that much. Uh, I mean, that's a, you're not supposed to like him right. so much. I mean, I don't know. So, I guess I could talk about like what we do leading up to Don Corneo or getting into his house, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah just it's talk up to about you. the encounter with him. Yeah. So basically, you know, now everybody's dressed up and ready to go to Don Corneo for this audition. Of course, it's an audition to be Don Corneo's girl for the night mm-hmm. or for however long he wants you. It seems yep. like. Um. Yeah, so basically we all get in there, you know, we fight a few guys, we get up to Don Corneo, and of course, he has to pick one of the ladies, Cloud being one of the ladies right now, and mm-hmm. he picks Cloud. What are the odds he picks Cloud? He likes a big boned girl, he says. <laughs> and feisty. um Feisty, yeah, big and feisty. All this, of course, to figure out um, what... I know you're trying to figure out. So you're just trying to figure out um, Shinra's plan, not Shinra's plans. 
I'm trying to figure out exactly what it was here. You were you're trying to no, it is it's Shinra's yeah. plans. Yeah, is it just Shinra's it's... plans, or is it like why people were? Yeah, specifically because people like Shinra people or the Turks or whoever were asking about a man with a gun on his arm and looking for him. So you want to figure out why? Yeah, I just wasn't sure if it was like that only reason. Like they're just trying to figure out why people yep. are chasing down Barrett or or what. But but yeah, so you you. Uh, you know, you corner Don Corneo here, and uh, you get him to spill the beans, and he lets you know that Shinra is actually planning on dropping a plate on Sector 7, because they are that afraid of Avalanche, they are just going to wipe out the entire section. And also, I think they kind of want to blame it on them as well, to worsen their image. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely, there's a lot of that... um, interesting political maneuvering in terms of like okay well if we do this it will a eliminate our problem but b also allow us to like use them as a scapegoat for everything Mm -hmm. and you know maybe further some you know political ambitions beyond that yeah um you know it's an extreme decision i would say yeah oh yeah i mean for sure like you can see immediately everybody is like pretty shook about this whole thing (laughs) Especially Tifa. Tifa's messed up pretty much for the rest of the game. <laughs> yeah. At least the rest of this section. Yeah, she's uh, <laughs> this definitely affects her quite a bit. So I think uh, I think this section was kind of was. Can we can we talk about like the the uh, almost rape scene? <laughs> yeah. So yeah. That, I <laughs> I skipped over that because I yeah. wasn't sure. <laughs> No, I think we have to talk about it because it really does want to carry that fun, goofy energy from the rest (laughs) of Chapter 9 right into the near rape scene. So so Don Corneo, you know, whatever girl Don Corneo picks goes with him into the bedroom. And then he's like, you boys can have the scraps. And then, Mm -hmm. um, by the way, Don Corneo sounds like somehow a a combination of like Scooby-Doo and a just just an awful i don't know he he does a lot of <laughs> kind of stuff oh my gosh uh, that was perfect that was really good scooby-doo that was yeah. literally perfect scooby-doo goes <laughs> like like if scooby-doo didn't have a dog a, a dog speech impediment uh anyways <laughs> <laughs> that's what he sounds like um <laughs> I don't think it's a dog speech impediment. He's yeah. just a dog. <laughs> right. But, like, he talks like a human being. He speaks yeah. English. And then they get taken to another room, and they're like, eh, yeah. And uh, they're definitely, this is definitely a pattern where they just yeah. kind of, just kind of rape them, I guess. But it's like playing the fun music. Uh, but luckily, yeah. they quickly transitioned from that to them just, like, beating all their ass. And the w- one guy from the front door comes mm-hmm. in and is like, here's your clothes very conveniently and all your mm-hmm. stuff. And they get changed and uh, they beat his, they beat their ass. But uh, it was jarring, to say the least. <laughs> Where it's like, yeah. yeah, that's definitely what's happening here. But the intensity doesn't come off very well. I guess maybe because they're yeah. not very scared of it, because they're like, we know we can just kind of kill them. But also they got gassed yeah. earlier, so... It just didn't feel good. I mean, we knew yeah. that they were going to beat the dudes up, but it's just like, uh, you know, this just feels bad. It's it, it super, again, it, it does not nail the tone the way that Walmart nailed the tone. It, it wants to 
you know, it, it doesn't want you to be thinking too seriously about what's going on because it's just like, oh, well, this is what happened in the original. Except for I don't think anybody got gassed in the original game. That, the that gas- part's new. Okay, okay, this makes no fucking sense. Explain this to me. You walk into the Corneo's office, right? Or Corneo's house or whatever. You go up. His gaudy-ass mansion. Yeah, his gaudy-ass mansion. You go upstairs into the floor all the way to your left. Okay? You get gassed. Mm-hmm. You wake up in a room you don't know. This would make sense because they may not want you to know, like, you know, where you, you know where you are or how to get back to where you are. And then you go into a different room, like, in the middle of it, and you see the lobby again. So you got gassed for no reason. There, there's no reason for them to gas you. You know, I did never think about that, but you are right. I don't know why <laughs> they mean... got gassed. If I'm wrong, like, if there's a reason, please explain it to me. I just don't understand why. I, you know, look, I, I couldn't tell you. Maybe okay. there's a reason. If, I don't if remember If anyone knows, I, I'm just, I was very confused by it. And, and uh, who I was playing it with, was, we were trying to figure out why. Um, but I was hoping you guys had some insight. Anyways. Um, no. I mean, you could walk back down to the basement. Did you, yeah. Did you do that? No, I didn't do that. Yeah, so it's literally just like you get gassed upstairs, go right back downstairs, you wake up, walk back upstairs, and that's it. Yeah, it's yeah. it's just a little confusing. Maybe they just wanted to be very intimidating. I don't know. They put you in their creep. They just wanted you to know, hey, we've got this weird creepy sex dungeon thing, and it's no good. Yeah, I guess so. Um, anyways, so after you have the, the confrontation with Don Corneo, um, I, I like the montage of all of the, the characters threatening to destroy his nutsack just fucking <laughs> wash his balls or chop him off and every squeeze time squeeze him yeah and every time he goes Ooh, uh, <laughs> something like that you get dropped into a sewer and then you have to fight a big demon rat thing i don't know it was it was a kind yeah. of a fun fight i liked it the next two the next two whole sections we can go through real quickly but yeah. i do think the the boss fight at the beginning of the sewer is actually like the i think it was the adzu was that yeah, the name that of it? it or is that a <laughs> different game you're right that is a different game okay. but also the name of this boss fight <laughs> oh good uh i thought that fight was a lot of fun and required like a lot of presence of mind in terms of like where you need to be positioning yourself and what you need to be focusing on um that one that felt really good that was a super fun fight for me the dodges actually mattered in this one yeah mm-hmm. what's can we get a quick death count on the abzu fight zero zero Damn, I think that was like a two or three for Roasted, me. dude. Uh, yeah, it's yeah. the fucking, it's the, the attack where he shoots a bunch of bad water from the pipes in the wall. I didn't see where the water was coming from, so that almost wiped me every single time it happened. Yeah. I mean, I definitely got lucky on that one once, the first time it happened, and just one of the other people were standing out, like out of the way. I was like, oh, cool, I can res people now, but... <laughs> Yeah, that's uh, you gotta be careful on that one. It's a it's it's a rough fight, but yeah, then the whole sewer section, literally almost nothing happens that it's worth talking about. You just it's a lot of kind of Tifa hand wringing about they wouldn't really drop the whole plate, would they? And Aerith going, yeah, it's fine, don't worry, we're gonna make it in time to stop them. Um, you get a little bit of fun interactions between Aerith and Tifa, um, but okay, it's not not a lot here, before, not a lot here at all. Before we move on to this. This is a huge problem I have with this game, and what started to irritate me is they have, throughout these next two chapters, they have these cutscenes where something intense happens, and there's like like an, oh my god, Aerith's gonna fall in the water, holy shit, like from this, you know, from this height or this area or something where she'd be in danger, and then she doesn't, she gets saved, 
and then no one talks about it or nothing happens. They keep doing this. Does anyone else feel that way or notice that or is bothered oh, 100%. by it? Literally, like me and the people I was like who were watching me play it, we just kept saying like, "Why does everything have to be something here? <laughs> exactly. Like everything, <laughs> everything is something. Like no matter what you do, it's going to be a big event. It's like, can we just get through this?" It has some extreme uncharted platforming energy in these couple of sections here yeah, where if you have to do a thing, something's going to go wrong and it's not going to have a material impact one way or the other. But at least in Uncharted, you're still controlling the character while things go yeah. wrong. And also, like, it happens in an instant. Not three characters have to walk across a small, <laughs> a small fucking challenge from a kid's campground. Like, I don't know, man. That really bothered me. That is that is fair because I do remember thinking like, wow, they really set up a lot of gravity in these scenes. I wonder <laughs> if they're gonna like reveal a dark secret about Aerith that's new to this game about her like, you know, past with water, and then <laughs> yeah, no, or, they just don't. Or at least mm-hmm. build the relationship between the characters, which they do in a way where they're like, oh my god, you saved me, thank you. Blank. Like, yeah, yeah. And, I, I, mean, I do. I really like the interactions between Tifa and Aerith. I think they they do a lot to flesh that out, especially because they like, you know, again replaying the original. Basically, Aerith and Tifa never talk to each other if Cloud is not right there. Like that is, you know, the the relationship that the two begin to form is brand new for this game, and I think it really does a lot to make them feel like real characters and not just like a love triangle for Cloud. Oh, that's not what it is. I thought that's what it was. Well, I mean, it's like sort of what it is, but oh you no, know, that's all what it is. But but Cloud but, is sort of a love dodecahedron in this game, where he has like yes. a thousand options. <laughs> yeah, but, you're right. But again, like in the, I think though it is all of that, Tifa and Aerith both feel like characters. Like they feel like they have oh, yeah. their own wants and inspirations, and like in the original game, again, it really just sort of feels like if they're not sort of hitting on cloud or hinting at whatever the story you know, was or is going to be then they don't have much of a personality um, at least at that point in the game so i think they do a good job kind of i think they definitely fleshing that out could have made it more like not to a negative point but they like could have made them more catty because like i think the very generic way to do this would be like this is a cloud love triangle and these two work with him, but they don't like each other because they both like him kind of thing. And I'm glad that they didn't do that. And I do really like scooting back when they did like they kicked those guys asses who were definitely going to sexually assault them that it, I could <laughs> tell like, like, okay, I can believe these two as friends now after going through something like that, like traumatic experiences uh, bring you together. And also like, they just work really well together. So I'll agree with you on that one. I like the stuff. Now, if only they could have been a little bit closer so that they didn't have to do the world's worst minigame where you try to land a fucking oh. narrow line in between two things while charging a sewer pump for no goddamn reason at all. Oh. Yeah, that wasn't that wasn't good. If we're talking about, like, death counters in scenes, that one, <laughs> I've got, like, a fucking 25 count. I could not get, like, the game makes it easier over time, but eventually it was, like, you have to do it, like, two or three times, and I was, like, I'm just gonna fail this enough times in a row that the game makes it possible for me to land this shit, because I can't fucking do it. The last one was literally a blink of an eye. It's like, all right, you want to hit this? Nope. Hit it now. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you missed it. <laughs> I don't Never get mind. it. I don't get why they included this horrible, horrible, horrible minigame. It added nothing. It was so bad. I don't think I've enjoyed a single one of these mini games. 
I liked I I liked okay, the, the pressing one outside the Airbuster, and that was it. The, um, oh yeah, that one's kind of cool. Uh, do you want me to just but, go through haunted? Yeah, if you want to. So that that's the whole sewers, and then you come out into a haunted graveyard. Haunted train, train graveyard. graveyard. Sorry, extremely important. Right. I say train graveyard. Guys, I'm gonna I mean, ex- this whole thing. Yeah, just go. Ahead, just go. Ahead. I'll say something after. Okay, I, I'm gonna go through this pretty blasé and quick because I don't think it's like super fascinating, but there are moments that are interesting. Um, but yeah. essentially, you again come out to a train graveyard. There are like legends of the train graveyard that like if you get lost here you know those souls never find their way or something along those lines and uh you get the whole like g- are there g- 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 ghosts kind of thing <laughs> and of course cloud doesn't believe in ghosts you move through um, huge scooby-doo energy this episode you're right yeah there's a lot of scooby-doo stuff um <laughs> uh anyways so uh then there like there becomes there uh, appears on the walls like these different like sad ghost children art and then you see mm-hmm. a ghost child and then you have to deal with sack ghosts um and Aerith is like no wait don't attack them they're you know this one is is friendly they're or sad, sad children. or something like that and then you proceed to beat 12 of their asses over and over <laughs> and over again which didn't make a ton of sense to me and then they lead you to a um, a larger control station where you can move trains around to unblock the path, which doesn't make a ton of sense to me, but whatever. We're at this point in the game, and uh, you fight a large ghost in the control room. Um, how do you all feel about this fight? I didn't. I didn't mind it. I feel like this fight actually took me a little while to get a rhythm going. Um, I don't know why specifically. I think just because the the landscape kept shifting so much because, you know, it would, like, pick up and throw around all that detritus. Um, But I kind of, I enjoyed that because it kept me on my feet a little bit, I thought. Hmm. Colby? Or, I mean, Uh, Joshua? I would say say that... uh... (laughs) I'll bleep it out. It's okay. We'll cut around. I wouldn't even cut it. Just say it again. Just say it and and Josh. (laughs) And Josh? Uh, You know, I would say that... um... It was definitely the easiest fight to, like, get a read on initially. Like, you can clearly tell when you should be hitting the ghost or when you should be shooting it with Magicka. Like, I thought it was a fun fight, but mm-hmm. overall, I mean, this whole section was unneeded, yeah. in my opinion. I, I, I must be the only one who I, – I just had a hard time with it, man. It was like – I was just frustrated because anytime the ghost – so the ghost transitions between a corporeal and non-corporeal where you use magic and don't use magic. But it kept transitioning back and forth – and I, anytime it's transitioning, it's immune to all types of damage. So it's like I would limit break, and it would be in, in a oh, transitioning phase. Oh, that sucks. I would cast oh, a double magic, so and it would be in a transitioning phase. It just kept happening to me, and maybe it was just my luck. Like, I'm like, okay, my rhythm is just off with this. But I felt like it kept happening. Um, yeah. And I think there's a lot of problems with the combat uh, in this game in these specific scenarios where – there's so many visual effects going on and it's so the only indication you get of an attack is the text above the enemy's head that says what attack they're about to do um in some audio cues and if you're looking at the boss visual cues but like if you're running around and you don't see the text and you don't you know like see shit i don't know there's just a lot of stuff that happens and i'm just 
I'm left a lot of the times going, fuck, well, how would I ever even know that's coming unless I've fought this boss one or two times mm-hmm. um, that mm-hmm. I have? Maybe I'm just bad. I, I don't know. Do, do you guys feel I like wish there was stuff. I, I, I just, mm, yeah, you know, I can feel that because basically I would get hit by everything a few times yes. before. Like, there's no way you just see it and then dodge it automatically. And sometimes I feel like you can't even dodge this stuff. Yeah. Like, the attack just comes at you, and you, like, I'll be just constantly rolling or running. I'm like, I just could not dodge that, I guess. I think the idea is you're supposed to block a lot more than dodge. Yeah. Yeah. You should probably be blocking more than you are. And most attacks are dodgeable, but, like, your roll does not, it doesn't give you iframes. You just move slightly quicker. Yeah. Yeah. So, it, it, you know, if you're used to playing something like Dark Souls, you're going to get your ass fucking Yeah, I think Dark Souls messed me up for this. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'll say that too. It's just it's like that's sort of the, the idea I had. I think what they could really benefit from, and this would ruin some of the visuals, is just like like AoE circles or like, hey, don't fucking stand right here. Like, you know what I mean? Just like very light ways of doing it. I think that would ruin some of the immersion of it. But I never have too much trouble with a fight. It's just like sometimes you get stunned for like, 20 10 to 20 seconds and it's the oh, most yeah. infuriating thing ever and it's like i wish i would have known that <laughs> you know um so yeah i have some I problems think, with the combat i i think that's fair i think they're really trying to incentivize you to be like switching between characters very very frequently yeah um like and i think that it, it kind of works for that um i also you know i just didn't experience as much as what you're dealing with but i had a very defensive play style i would tend to stay back quite a bit more um and do a lot more healing than i would actually like getting in and fighting cool so i would get those combos a little bit quicker or get mm-hmm. the the reads a little quicker cool all right let's move back from let's move away from this because uh one more thing i like to oh, say yeah, is that i hate that yeah. your projectiles hit things your projectiles. i don't feel like your projectile yeah. should hit things what do you mean <laughs> you want like oh. all of Aerith's auto attacks to like dodge everything and yeah just like, just like like hit the target you know like, i agree but also i want enemies projectiles to hit exactly exactly (laughs) so like it's sort of fair i guess so. i mean it is but i want it to be rigged in my favor i think Mm, think, okay i get you i think your basics should collide with things but magic like sometimes you spend a lot of mp to do this stuff basically for like five seconds charging up it does the charge time on the higher level spells is a little bit fucking bonkers to just have it like hit a fucking wall because you're an idiot or to like hit somebody with the blizzaga and for them to just be like I'm just gonna walk away before it explodes I don't know what you were expecting me to do mm-hmm. yeah uh, that shit sucks a lot yeah um so that's fair that's totally reasonable but let's move on because the spooky train graveyard's not good yeah well there's one scene Aerith well okay that's fair uh I think I think the Tifa one happens first so Tifa sees like. I don't know if she could separate or she just sees it herself. She sees Marlene, like, which is the little girl from the uh, from the bar that is Barrett's daughter. Um, is it just Barrett's daughter? I know I asked this last time. I'm so confused. I'm pretty sure you did ask this last time, and I'm fairly sure, certain I said I wouldn't tell you about anything that hasn't been explicitly revealed. Okay, cool. Uh, so you see Marlene, which you really only know as that, and uh, she's crying, and I forget why she's what she's crying about her oh that's right she explains like about the train graveyard and um tifa gets a flashback of marlene explaining it to her at the bar and her like kind of mm-hmm. glazing it off is like no big deal and then she kind of remembers the the mythos around it um am i explaining that right yeah but here's here's the thing here's why i don't think this is good um and this is going to be light spoilers in that none of it fucking matters 
None of it exactly. plays even an yeah. iota of 1% into anything that happens for the rest of the game. It okay. is a completely standalone thing that's like, isn't this a cool atmosphere? Anyway, shouldn't you be running your fucking ass off before everyone you know and love is dead? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, and then you keep traversing, and then Aerith has one of these, which I think is a little bit better. Um, yeah, it, it explains oh, yeah. some of her character arc, I think. Yeah, where I think... So, but it's still very vague. Yeah, she uh, she is like a kid, and she sees herself as a kid, and is just like looking for her mom, or I'm here too, kind of thing. Like kids are playing tag, and yeah. she wants to be noticed and stuff like that, or people to recognize mm-hmm. she's there, and then she starts calling out for her uh, her parents. So basically, the ghosts are just kind of messing with them and playing <laughs> on their fears, and then you uh, you finally fight what you can determine as the source of this which is like a cool chariot um uh what are like half horse people called uh like half horse half person what are they called like a centaur centaur yeah like a centaur but their bottom half is a chariot uh which is kind of cool um yeah admittedly that fight kicked ass that fight was that was dope as hell i liked it quite a bit yeah yeah it was good um Uh, and then the ghosts are free and turn into green green they turn into green (laughs) (laughs) they turn into green and they float away i thought everyone's happy i thought was going to be like some cool like commentary on how like mako works maybe but i didn't i'm like okay i i guess not so that would have been cool huh yeah (laughs) i wish they would have done anything with either the sewers or the train graveyard to make it worth my time but they didn't yep they sure fucking didn't. They sure just were like, hey, here's a lot of tension, and then just sort of sit with it for like three hours while you get to the fun part again. Um, yeah, this really chapped me. Dude, this this really chapped me. Dude, I hated this so much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I This was kind of the part that I was worried about um, when asking you, know, you two to play for the podcast. It was like, I don't know that there's anything worth talking about in Chapter 10 or 11. We probably should have just skipped like, it, to be honest. I mean, you know, you got to talk about it because I think it is like it is a part of the game, right? And it is a bad part of the game. And I think it's worth pointing out that like, hey, the pacing at times in this game doesn't have any fucking clue what it's doing, right? Like sometimes it's really slow and methodical and you're like getting a feel for the world. Sometimes it's really like intense and fast paced. And other times it's just like it, it just throws filler in for the sake of having filler. And I think that is by far the biggest failure of this game like i don't mind that they expanded this whole section a lot i think it's really cool i just think they didn't find a way to make any of this mean anything and again like these are not long sections in the original like yeah the the sewers and the train graveyard exist in the original game but going through both of them combined takes like 25 minutes maybe uh and then you're back at the tower where everything's happening again so i i don't I don't fully understand the rationale behind any of this stuff. And most of the tension is gone for the majority of the time you're going through this. Yeah. Um, other than just like the fact that you're going to this, this big event and you know that the big event is going to happen and you're just like weirdly anticipating and just sort of going, okay, can we get this ghost stuff over with? Uh, we have a world <laughs> to save. Uh, Josh, did you have any other comments on 10 and 11? Um, no, I pretty much hold the same sentiments that you guys are saying. I mean, I don't even feel really any tension through this scene because I don't think it was made super clear that the plate was going to come down immediately. I mean, yeah, 
It was for me. It was basically like, oh, that's their plan. That's going to happen sometime, you know, sometime in the near future. It wasn't like it was going to come down right away. But even playing this part, just playing through the beginning, which is the sewers, you know, um, I was thinking to myself, why does this exist? Like this part is literally so boring. I'm just traveling back to town. Why is this a thing? So both these parts could just be gone, and I think it'd be totally fine. Yeah. yeah, they could or, literally pop out from the sewers and have it be a long ladder, and then they just in Sector 7 <laughs> or the yeah. wall market, and then they just run back. And the game would be better for it. Yeah. I wonder what they did, you know, because obviously this game was delayed for so long. I wonder if they actually decided, <laughs> you know, we need to make this game longer, and that's why it was so delayed. They added these parts in. I can believe that. I would be surprised if they did. I, I would be more likely to believe that they had these parts and they were worse than they currently are and they, like, tried to fine-tune them. Um, I think Because I can't imagine anyone saying, well, we got to add this. And, like, again, it all follows the track of the original game. These scenes are in the original game, so I'm sure they were built there originally, but... Yeah. Um, I don't know. The other thing... Oh, wait. Oh, yeah. The other funny thing that I, I kind of love about this is in the train graveyard, they have to, like, start trains up to sort of move them around to make a pathway for themselves. But one of the trains, they accidentally bump and a radio turns on, and the radio transmission just happens to be aligned with the Turks' radio broadcast as they're being <laughs> told to uh, destroy the plates, which is just, like... It's just so fucking stupid. Like I think I think I read that more as like the ghosts messing with something to give them that oh, information. Yeah, I guess but you're right. It's Why not clear and there? it's you know. Ah, whatever. It's, <laughs> it's weird. It's weird. But but chapter twelve fucking slaps. So yeah. it all kind of makes up for it, at least in my mind. Yeah, for sure. Um Josh, you haven't you haven't walked us through a chapter yet. Do you want to walk us through broad strokes, kind of what happens in, in chapter 12? Because we're going a little bit long here, so. Yeah, basically. So, I mean, when you break it down, it's not really a whole lot that's going on. I mean, you know, overview. It's not, not a whole, whole lot. lot. It's just the most emotional chapter of the game. Oh, today. yeah, for sure, for sure. But, you know, in general, basically what you're doing here is you get back to town and you see that um, Shinra is now attacking the pillar and they're getting ready to drop it on Sector 7. So you're just fighting your way up a tower to try and prevent that from happening. That's pretty much the quickest breakdown I can do. Damn, that's a quick breakdown. There you have it, folks. All right, chapter 13. <laughs> chapter 13. No, I mean, now let's talk about, like, the individual bits here. No, yeah, yeah. Um, I think this one uh, also is a little interesting because it's split between two different perspectives, right? Because um, very early on, Tifa tells Aerith, uh, like, they get to the base of the pillar um, and tells Aerith to go get Marlene and, and kind of help evacuate everybody from Sector 7. Now, um, meanwhile, her and Cloud are, like, running up to the top of the pillar to try and help Barrett, who is, you know, Barrett and the rest of Avalanche who are trying to fight off Shinra to stop them from dropping the plate on Sector 7. And it kind of swaps back and forth between those two perspectives. This is the only bad thing I'll say about Chapter 12. It's the only bad thing. I have a yeah. grievance with how, it, how this... Because how you explained it would make sense. Mm-hmm. However, you get there after Biggs falls off of the tower and... Both Aerith and Tifa have to walk him back to safety, which is like 20 feet away, probably. And then they bandage his ass again. And like. Yeah, wedge, not big. Wedge, right? yes, yeah, correct. Wedge. Sorry, I get them confused. Um, 
because there's blood brothers. How dare you? I know, right? <laughs> um, and you have to just. I, it, 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 sometimes they separate these characters, and it makes no sense why. And also, I don't know why they needed both of them to go to do that. Is it just because they wanted you to just play as Cloud for a little bit? Because then you get Tifa back as she comes back up the tower. There's just a lot yeah. of weird character switching that doesn't make a ton of sense. And mm-hmm. I don't know why they needed Biggs to... They needed two people to escort him back. It it was just really confusing. And I, I really just wonder why they Kira. did it. You're, I know. Fine. Oh, dude, that's another thing, dude. <laughs> we can't. We can't. We can't. We can't. That's another thing, dude. Like three people die in your arms, but you've been healing and reviving people from the dead. <laughs> I know it's a typical game, bro. I ran play. out of Phoenix down. <laughs> oh, I hate uh, that shit, dude. Uh, no, I, I think that's that is fair. The game definitely goes out of its way to separate characters so you can like play as individual ones for a while. Um, I think that they just really wanted to emphasize the idea of Cloud, like, taking things into his own hands and having a kind of protective nature when it comes to Tifa and Aerith. And then, yeah. you know, eventually Tifa just kind of saying, actually, yo, fuck the shit. It's all coming down. I got to be up there with him. Yeah, I guess. Um, but it does feel a little weird. It does feel a little forced, I agree. Okay. So, I mean, she was so worried about the pillar coming down. And I then know. she's just like, I'll just stay here with Wedge. Exactly. Yeah, it doesn't make <laughs> it sense. It doesn't make any yeah. sense. That, that really bothered me. Anyways, okay. The rest, positive. I'm going to be very positive for the rest. Good. Are you going to be positive about all the scenes Shit. where Aerith walks very slowly with I like these scenes. Shit. I'll say that. <laughs> um, yeah, so we because it's broken up into two different things, um, I think we can generally Aerith. talk about the Aerith scenes yeah. first, where she and Wedge um, work to evacuate everybody, and then um, Aerith kind of walks around in Sector 7 as it is all kind of being destroyed, um, working her way to Marlene who she magic touches to make her feel comfortable around her, uh, and then we get introduced to the worst of the Turks. Um, I I want to defend these scenes stronger than I feel. I liked them in that I think the atmosphere was really cool, yeah. um, but I really hate the walking speed of Aerith. It drove me insane. Wow, yeah. really? Only when she has the kid, but it didn't yeah. get to me that much. I, I mean, but I think that's just because I'm a sucker for these scenes. Like, I just like being in that atmosphere and like kind of having the game railroad me a bit. Mm-hmm. So I liked it. I thought it. I thought it played well. <laughs> I have some logical grievances with like Avalanche defending the pillar, but not telling Sector Seven to evacuate. But mm-hmm. aside from that, I I like how i like how she's always trying to get to her and then it keeps getting blocked off by the wreckage of everything i like that moment but when she just runs into a random child and she spends like 45 seconds with the kid and trying to get her to walk six feet while like a hundred adults pass her i hate (laughs) that that drove me insane yes yes yes, and then she walks her five feet and then gives her to marlene and it's just like just all right, never mind. Or not Marlene. The, she, the tenant. To that. Yeah, the, yes. That drove I don't me like it. That drove me insane. Kid's like, I can't find my dad. And it's like, yo, go where everyone is running. <laughs> I've got to go rescue somebody else that might be dead in 15 seconds if I'm not there in time. Yeah. So, um, anyways, that, that, that's the kind of stuff that Aerith bothers me where it's like, just just go. What are you doing? Anyways, um, so you uh, – then the actual scene with um, Marlene – was was fine too and then she makes yeah. a deal with the turks 
Yes. Uh, specifically with, I want to say his name is Sang. I'm pretty sure I don't remember off the top of my head, though. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. But he's the least over-the-top, crazy, cool Turk. He doesn't have sunglasses to break forever. He doesn't look like he's the most anime character that's ever existed with a V down his fucking belly button or anything like that. <laughs> um, he's He's fine. Um, again, there is that scene where Marlene is very uncomfortable with the idea of, like, going with Aerith because Stranger Danger, which, hey, power to you. Um, and then Aerith kind of, like, whispers something that we don't get, mm-hmm. and then Marlene is, like, calmed. Uh, I think that's a, that is a scene that I will want to maybe loop back on and be interested in later. Yeah. Um, you know what? But I, I, think, I think that stuff is kind of neat, too. I really liked the scene where she was talking to her about losing her like losing her home and like her stuff and stuff like mm-hmm. that and it's like hey as long as you have your dad like you can rebuild anywhere and that was that was really yeah. sweet i i like that um i like that explaining to a kid like you're gonna lose everything and that's okay <laughs> <laughs> all those toys oh, all that all the, the it's bar all coming down it's all coming down yeah um, um yeah josh how do you how do you like all the the airs i mean i know you liked it more but was there anything that stuck out to you about that or did you just kind of enjoy the the atmosphere of the scenes yeah i mean i yeah i just really enjoy the atmosphere honestly like i kind of like it when a game forces you to slow down a little bit um you know in ways like that obviously not like monotonous boring tasks but like, <laughs> i was about to say use this robot arm but. yeah not use his robot arm but in this way you meaningful slowdown yes. and, I, and i thought that worked really well through this whole era the scene Trend- and then yeah. I, you know they they almost immediately explain like well they don't really explain but they like hint at um what Aerith said to the to the girl uh in the next chapter here and i like that like the girl recognizes it like she at least recognizes that Aerith did something mm-hmm and I, I appreciated that too. So, um, yeah. Transitioning directly into the next part with the tower thing, you haven't really explained how you feel about stuff first. So, how did you feel about the tower, like overall, and you know the 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 scenes of with the avalanche uh, characters dying, and um, I guess we can handle the fight separately. But yeah, we could just talk yeah. about the fight too. I mean, we haven't really mentioned what happens That's in right, the tower yeah. up to this point, but yeah, you fight your way up the tower versus a helicopter, um, and as you're going up there, you get the last seeds with uh, Biggs and Jesse as they are killed trying to defend the tower. Mm-hmm. Did you find those dramatic? How'd you how'd you feel about that? Uh, I mean, I didn't find their deaths like honestly, I didn't find them that meaningful. To, like, I mean, obviously it was meaningful, but it didn't didn't resonate. It didn't hit me that hard. It. it it just didn't feel like they were dying to me. Yeah. Uh, it was just like, you guys have gone through way worse, and now you're just like, you were crushed under some rubble, some they rubble got, here. And now, oh, just crushed under a little rubble. Well, I mean, in, in the context of the game, they're getting, like, right. shot with bullets and stuff, and, like, then they just get crushed under, like, a rock, and they're like, this is my final hour, but also I'm going to talk for, like, another two <laughs> paragraphs, Yeah, and then I'll die. <laughs> the, the Final Fantasy death equivalent is you get some dirt on your face because <laughs> that is the li- they don't have bullet wounds they don't have anything they just they just have a little bit of dirty faces. Well, you got to keep that T rating. Yeah, that's true. Um, I found Jesse's death kind of sad. I didn't want it. I liked her. I like her as a character. What can I say? I just like her. Yeah, you just liked her because she was one of the clouds like harem four or five people that are absolutely in love with him for no reason. No, exactly. I, 
Uh, I like, but no, Jesse. No, nah, I'm just like, kidding. I like I her, her pizza too. parents, dude. They wanted to have pizza. <laughs> you didn't even see him. <laughs> oh, I. Well, you I saw just, her dad. You definitely saw. Oh her yeah, dad. I guess he did. But he, he was definitely what? a vegetable. What? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I don't know. I just I like her character, so I was kind of sad to see her to see her go. Um, yeah, I, I thought the arc was really sad. Um, I thought it was sad that that's how her arc ended, rather, because she was such a, a better fleshed out character, and she was so much fun, and she, like, you know, I don't know how well they did, but they did still kind of manage to rope in her guilt over thinking that uh, she, like, fucked up the explosive in Chapter 1 and killed all those people. Yeah, that did um, make me sad. Yes. That, yeah, that sure. was really sad, I think. And, and Tifa's, like, breaking down and crying in front of her and not being able to say anything. Like, all that, all that I think, worked. I do just think maybe she got, like, like two or three lines too many, whereas, like, every line kind of felt like the last thing she was going to say, yeah. and then <laughs> she just kept talking. That part did did not work super well for me. Yeah. For sure. And they do this cool thing now where you start to understand a little bit more about the wraiths and the, the spooky hoods, uh, because that's been happening a little bit towards the end here. Um, and they keep surrounding people who are about to die um, very often. <laughs> so that's a cool little bit there. Uh, and you said both of those characters like weren't really that fleshed out in the original. Yeah, none of the Avalanche trio, the Biggs, Wedge, or Jesse, were like... I mean, they all existed, and they all had lines, but they had, like, a very small number of lines. Mm. Um, and so you kind of knew them as character models, and that was really about it. Yeah. Um, you didn't get these arcs. You didn't get, you know, personality traits. You didn't get anything like that. Um, so, you know, this scene, like, all this huge scene happens in the original one, and it just it has way less of an emotional punch because you kind of just don't care that people are dying that much. Mm-hmm. Do you think we see, um, like, Star Wars, end of the movie, ghosts, uh, when Final Fantasy VII Part Five comes out? Oh. Oh, God, I hope so. Yeah. Oh, Josh, God, I Josh, want yes. Force everyone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, all need to be blue Force people. Yeah. <laughs> Just that. Oh, that'd be very good. That would be so With good. With the PS5's graphics, Jesse can be such a zany ghost. So many protocols. <laughs> mm-hmm beautiful uh oh. let's just move on to this last scene because we're going on way too long yeah we've, we've been going a little yeah long. So, um, so yeah go you want to do it you do go ahead. yeah i was just gonna say so you you fight your way to the top of the pillar after um again biggs and and jesse die and cloud and tifa meet up with barrett who is fighting off the helicopter with the turks in it uh, and then you know you kind of meet up with him again and then the you know reno decides it's going to be a rematch and so he jumps out of the helicopter like a badass with this cool like electric stick thing uh and then you get a you get a fun fight with the you know the trio that you have versus reno again and then eventually rude jumps into the fight as well um so you get this kind of like combination of the two versions but they're you know the two like one-on-one fights that you had earlier but they are stronger versions of them um which i think is it's a relatively satisfying fight i enjoyed it quite a bit um we can maybe talk about it a, a little bit more if either of you have big thoughts on it. But essentially, you win the fuck out of that fight. Um, and then the Turks still manage to, like, make it to the console where they're going to input the code to, to like, drop everything. And there's a whole bunch of these race, like, you know, weird Dementor things in the area, which kind of sort of stop you from doing anything to, like, prevent the Turks from dropping this plate. Uh, and then they, you know, 
enter in the code to drop the plate and admittedly sort of like leisurely walk away from you where I'm like, someone should probably kill them, right? Like they're, it's Rude's just carrying Reno's body away and you're all right there, perfectly able-bodied, but it's fine. Um, eventually, though, you don't find a way to stop them from dropping the Sector 7 plate um, and then all you can do is find a way to you know, zip line away right before the explosion takes the pillar out and would kill you, and then you get a really, really, really absolutely fucking gorgeous CG cutscene of um, the three, Tifa, Barrett, and Cloud, kind of zip lining away as the Sector 7 plate falls, and you see, like, a bunch of different stuff being crushed and, and destroyed, and, you know, the emotional impact therein. And a cat character. And a cat character. Oh, yeah. They, you know, I really do... want to talk about that for a second because <laughs> what the heck was that? I I do know who it is, but it, it took me a while to recognize and be like, oh, yeah, that's right. I forgot about that because I've, I've seen the I've seen the character before. That's all I'll say. Mm-hmm. I don't want to spoil mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. I have not seen yeah. the character, but, you know, my dumb brain immediately went to Mickey Mouse. And I was like, wait, no, it's a cat person. <laughs> <laughs> the door to darkness has been opened. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I was like, this is just like Kingdom Hearts. Uh, yeah, they they sort of drop that character in there uh, where there's just that's fan service, baby. That is that is straight up and down fan service. You do not know who that character is at this point. That character is not in the original version of this cutscene. They just sort of drop that one in there real quick, so you can be like, why is there a weird small cat person that's very sad that a lot of people just died? I literally, I haven't seen any other animal people. That cat <laughs> felt like a cat died, right? <laughs> like, I know it didn't, but it feels like that cat would normally die. <laughs> I mean, yeah. you know, who knows? Yeah, <laughs> sure, sure. Yeah, I I really liked this whole like this whole scene on top of the plate or on top of the the pillar worked really really well for me. I think again, I really like the Turks. I like everything they've done with them, and like I love the Turks. They keep trying to make the Turks seem human. They keep being like, "Oh, Rude stopped Reno from just like shooting Tifa as she was climbing up the stairs. Maybe he's really a good guy after all." And then again, they drop the plate and kill everyone because they're the CIA and they're not good people. Yeah. But I love everything they do with them, and I love every time they show up. I love the music when they show up. I love all the fights. Uh, I think it was it was, they built a really intense scene, and also I was so goddamn happy to have Barrett back on my team. Oh my god! Literally the whole time I was just saying, I want to see Barrett. Like, where is Barrett? <laughs> Please, where is Barrett? <laughs> they tease him so hard. Yeah, he's like yelling. Uh, he's like just a floor up, and then no, he's not. He's five floors up. <laughs> you mm-hmm. you hear him from like the ten thousandth floor up on the ground because <laughs> he's so goddamn loud. <laughs> oh, he's yeah. got a fucking pair of pipes, man, for sure. So um, uh, after after that fight scene, you know, after the zip line, you get this sort of like, oh my god, it actually happened. And you are in the area you were before when you went from Sector 5 to, uh, like, around the wall market. Or, no, I think you're in yeah, Sector you're in the, 5. The, yeah, you're yeah. in the, the park right outside Sector 7. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, like, Barrett sort of pounds against the rubble and is really, really, really uh, upset about Marlene and thinking about, you know, where she is. And then Cloud takes way too long to bust in and say hey uh, actually marlene's safe i just kind of wanted to let you uh simmer in this one for a while um yo i rewatched the cutscene to that recently though like right before this podcast or yesterday or whatever i was watching through that cutscene good fucking hits hard it's though. good like 
Barrett is torn up, mm-hmm. like punching the wall, screaming for Marlene and Jesse and Biggs. Uh, and there's like a really, really good scene where Tifa tries to reckon with it and talks about how this is their fault because they, you know, basically push Shinra to this limit. Um, and then you get more of the revolutionary Barrett when he tells her that, like, no matter what they did leading up to this moment, Shinra is the one that did it and that she has to hold on to this yeah. anger so they can keep fighting back. And it's so fucking like Barrett is absolutely top tier for the rest of the game. I love it so much. Yeah, I love this. I love when he mm-hmm. holds her hand and, like you said, just say, like, hold on to that anger. But he has, like, a massive fucking hand. <laughs> I love how they, yeah. didn't, they didn't fuck around with that. They're like, nope, his hand is huge. Like, fuck. That. <laughs> it's five times the size of her hand. It is enormous. Yeah. Um, it's, no, they're like, the entire reason I didn't say just cut it, like, right after they fall in Chapter 12 is because I think this scene like the opening scene of chapter 13 when barrett like and tifa are talking is the emotional core of like this whole arc Uh, and i think it's really important to have that context when talking about this conversation because i think the game misses so many times when it tries to deliver emotional moments Um, like you know if we're comparing the death of jesse where she just talks a little bit too long and it doesn't really make a ton of sense and they miss the emotional beat there they absolutely do the opposite here and land the emotional beat i think in in every way in terms of of barrett struggling with all of this Mm -hmm. yeah Um, i can 100 i can 100 agree with that like this moment definitely does hit hard and uh you know, you definitely can tell that they're going for the feels when uh, Bear takes his sunglasses off. So That's right. <laughs> That's feel <laughs> sitting. And you know what I will say, too, is that I felt much more emotional about, um, oh, my God, not Biggs. Who's the other guy? I've forgotten now. Wedge. Wedge? I felt much Wedge, more yeah. emotional about Wedge's death because, like, it happens so fast and sudden and just, like, you actually see it and you don't have to have this, like, long conversation like saving private ryan cough cough you know move on without me kind of thing it's like it's just direct and it just feels like you're like oh my god like everyone in that sector died like like that was still in there also he's carrying cats which is just like that's the saddest shit that's that's the real sad (laughs) shit just like he's trying to get all of his cats together and just like like no like I don't know. I'm a sucker for fucking animal stuff. I, man, it's just yeah. sad. I get. I, I get it. Somehow get that it. worked for me better than like Biggs being like, uh, uh, "There's an orphanage just down the lane. I, I need you to take care of them. Take care of the kids." Yeah, <laughs> that that part didn't work. I liked the whole thing beforehand when he sees Cloud coming up and is like losing and talks about having to keep fighting before Cloud shows up and steals the show because I thought that was really good. I liked that the entire arc there was kind of about how like this whole thing is a show and yeah. Barrett's the leading man and they're trying to make sure he stays the leading man. That was all very, very good framing. Um, yeah, we did not talk about, we did not really play the rest of Chapter 13. There is a huge info dump after this, which we can talk about, or we can just save that for next time, because we're going a little long. I don't know how you guys feel. Yeah, it's pretty okay. big. Yeah. Okay, so we can we can save that for the beginning of Part 3, which will be um, the rest of the game. I think, you know, well, I I'm had I'm saying some... is you said uh, play up to after 13, and... Uh... Check I the did. message, bro. I said to play about 15 minutes into chapter 13 to the info dump. That's <laughs> it. That's all I you're said. You're right. You're right. Dang it. I did play more. The game <laughs> does get you. It does get you. You want to play more for sure. You do. You do. And I think, you know, I I will say I think 
The intro was really good. I think this part definitely lagged the most. I think the upcoming bits, you know, there's another big, hey, do as many side quests as you want, and it's the biggest chunk of those, but I think the game really hits its stride and kind of doesn't let up for the rest of the game once you kind of fall into that groove. Awesome. Um, so I'm very excited for, for you all to, to play it and talk about it. I had some questions written down, but we kind of just talked about all of it when we were going through. Um yeah, I definitely do want to ask, though, if you guys have any predictions for where the story is going and kind of what some of these central mysteries might be or, or anything like that, um, bearing in mind that this is like part one of what's sure to be at least four or five games. Josh, you got anything? You're talking whole, uh, yeah, are you talking whole story or just I'm talking, you know, whole story or this game or, or anything, you know? I just, I like to see, because neither one of you know where the story is going, so I like to see kind of what what you feel like has been given to you hmm well i mean eventually we got to take down shinra but i think we're going to take down shinra and then learn that that is just a small piece of the greater scheme for the ancients and then we're gonna have to go on some kind of adventure to figure something out with that it's really hard to say honestly i know for sure we're taking down shinra but i don't know what else after okay all right that's fair that's fair um, I have a couple separate predictions. Uh, I think, I think that the wraiths are going to play a weird part in it all. And I think I did, I did want to ask what you guys thought those so were. I th- oh, you know what? I bet you the wraiths make everybody mad who played Final Fantasy VII original. <laughs> I mean, that one I can just answer for you from Twitter threads. Are they, are they upset? Um, I think the fan base is split because, like, I ended up liking them a lot, and I know a lot of people that did, but there are also a lot of people who are extremely irate that they didn't, like, they took creative liberties with this game or just think that the creative liberties they took weren't good. Um, so I've seen some people very angry about it, but also I've seen people in support. If you're of it, very, so. very angry about it, get bad, dude. <laughs> <laughs> well, you don't know where it's going. Maybe okay, they'll explain it, right. and you'll be like, this fucking you're right. blows. Maybe you're right. Um, do they explain it in this in this game? Um, you get enough closure on it. Okay, yeah. cool. I I don't know. They just feel like a grim reapery type of thing where you know they are uh, something about being like attracted to death or like or or like making the fate of things so more people would die in certain circumstances. I don't know why they would do that, but like they clearly held them up as long as possible before going up to the plate. And if they had a little bit more time they probably could have stopped it. Um, so, you know, you never know. Uh, I think it's kind of my stance on it for those wraiths. Josh, any predictions about the uh, the Dementors? Uh, no, I or pretty much hold the same sentiment, sentiments. Like, obviously, they're attracted to death. Um, but could they be, like, people who have died around you? Like, actually trying to help you out? Yeah, possibly. I think maybe that could be something. I don't see how they're trying to like, help you, though. Like, maybe, like, it's one of those things where we see these scenes again and, like, uh, there's something that's happening outside that we don't know. Like, they're trying to help us. I see. I see. Kind of like the sad ghosts. <laughs> now, are those yeah, sad kind of, ghosts the wraiths? <laughs> are those just kids? <laughs> um, no. I, for the overall story, though, I I agree with Josh where it's, like, we're going to take – we're going to, you know, destroy these plants that are taking Mako from the ground and, you know, like – feel this environmental victory but learn that there is a much larger problem at hand i think that's a good um assumption you know prediction for that i kind of align with that the other thing i think though is that 
you're going to you know that guy in the purple suit the the, the ceo or whatever the boss of all shinra, president president shinra. shinra yeah i think um he is going to be you know like in his chair and he's going to be you know scheming his next plot and i think don corneo is going to walk in with a handgun kill him go <laughs> i'm the president now and he's going to be the president and i think that that's he's the, the type final of boss. extremely specific shit i like to hear. he's the final boss that though. is the most called shot shit i've ever yeah, heard i think he's okay i i, mm-hmm. I got something to hear okay yeah, go ahead okay All the right, purple suit it. dude yeah he mm-hmm. jumps into a Vatamako and turns into like a giant beast, and you fight that. Beast. Ooh, that's good. Ooh, that's Ooh. good. Mm-hmm. That's good. Super mm-hmm. soldier. We're gonna fight. We're gonna fight a super soldier. Basically, I, mean, I, I was like thinking more like Ganondorf. Rush. You know, like Final Ganondorf. Ooh, yeah, 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 yeah. Or like that one That'd Bioshock fight. Remember the end of Bioshock One? I try not to. Mm. <laughs> Anyways, I couldn't get five minutes to that game. I'm a baby. <laughs> when it comes to scary games. Really. Yeah, I, I never hey, played Bioshock no, 1. I, I played that. 2 and 3 then. Maybe we should play that someday. That's a good game. Eh, maybe. That's nah, um, not that good. Yeah. Anyways, all right. Is there anything else we want to talk about? Yeah, but no, it's too long. Okay. Uh, that's reasonable. There's a lot of these conversations are going to be... Um, we'll have so much additional context in the next episode that I don't want to have any like too far-reaching things because, you know... We'll just end up sounding like idiots because, you know, ties get closed and new questions get opened up and stuff like that. So, yes. um, Josh, anything else you wanted to bring up or talk about real quick or are we good? Uh, No, I think I'm pretty much good. Hell yeah. Well, I think that's going to do it for us then. I almost started to do plugs, but that is not my job. Uh, uh, mm-hmm. Josh, what is your stream called? What is it? Where is the URL? The URL, okay, I'll say it. It's mm-hmm. twitch.tv slash Joko Games. Twitch. J-O-K-O Games. Twitch.tv slash J-O-K-O Games. And you're, you're, you've been playing a little bit, a little bit of that good Risk of Rain 2. I'm playing Risk of Rain. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, okay, I'll say it. Oh! I will, I will stream oh, making- Undertale yes! in the what? near future. All right, baby. The announcement committed to it. Good lord! We here at Nintendo (laughs) would like to announce. Uh, (laughs) Anyways, so our our stuff though is Twitter.com/slash Thoughts from P1. That's where you can sort of like see what new episodes are going to get posted. Alex makes some fire tweets every once in a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, just keep watching every few weeks something good pops yeah out. yeah something good pops out if you want to send us game suggestions or want to talk to us about you know or have a question about something from a game we've played in the past or currently please email those to thoughts from player one all spelt out at gmail.com um we have a discord server you can check in the description where we're just kind of you know we just kind of chat about games and stuff like that that's gonna pop off soon for sure. And you can be mm-hmm, that pop-off. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We're going to stream Darkest Dungeon on twitch.tv slash thoughts from player one. That's going to happen. So keep an eye out for yeah, that. Check it out. We'll post it on Twitter. We also have a Facebook. All that good shit. All that good stuff. And a YouTube. We have a lot of stuff that we half-ass. That's our new tagline. <laughs> thoughts from player one. We have a lot of stuff that we half-ass. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I can get behind that. I like it. So, yeah, it. also leave us a review if you like the episode. We really appreciate it. 
Thank you. And uh, yeah. do you have a Final Fantasy VII greeting card? I'm I'm doing my best over here. You have a mass Give genocide me. of an entire uh, 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 citizenship greeting card. I don't. Mm. What about a cat out of place? Cat out of place greeting card would be good. Um, I am not finding one of those either. Not a lot of train graveyard greeting cards either. Yeah. How about like a ghost oh. greeting card? I mean, that would be. How about a plate? Work, they were kind of like Casper. Ooh. I keep trying to look up greeting cards for like like a sewer-based greeting card, but it just. I don't know if I'm spelling it wrong or if it's just the same, but uh, greeting cards for people who sew are much more popular than greeting cards about the pipes and whatnot that carry our shit, <laughs> surprisingly. What about, like, a squatting card? <laughs> you didn't find no, one, No, it says... You? You it didn't says find a good it, okay, one. all right, I'll give it to you. It's a guy, and he's... You know what? This is an instruction. This is an instruction what I all want you to do. I want you all to... You drop it like it's squat. And that's going to be our show. <laughs> Train harder, lift heavier, happy birthday. That's well, one I did of them. also just find one yeah, real quick that was just, it's. I mean, it's the same type of garbage. It just says squat down low if you believe, and it's a picture of Tinkerbell doing <laughs> squats with weights. <laughs> that's it. We found it. That one's very good. We all also. get swole oh, for your birthday. Bye. <laughs> Don't you wish your girlfriend could squat like me? That one's very good, too. Oh. Tinkerbell squatting is so bad. I found it.